Well, good to see you. I'm so glad you're here again. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Thank you for coming. I think we got some a whole row of people from Branson here today. Branson people, wave, wave at us. Come on, amen. Love, love our Branson folks. Yeah. So glad to have you with us today. Listen, a couple of things we would jump in real quick. Uh, got to tell you about quickly the marriage retreat. It's 125 for both couple for a couple. So uh, we have four spots left. It's going to be a great time. It'll be this weekend. Need to sign up for that. Please do that as soon as you can. We hope you can make that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have um, a great time. You don't want to miss that. Uh, again, this week work nights. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. In fact, if you want to come up during the day, you can do that as well. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of painting going on and things like that, sweeping and just that kind of stuff. We'd love to have you come and to do that. Man, we, we've made a lot of progress this past week. I want to thank all the people who have been volunteering and helping. And got now the men's rooms is, um, is going up quick. We've got a lot of the stalls in there and just now, j- just a bunch of stuff. I don't want to get into all the details, but it's good stuff. Make sure that uh, if you have a time, please join us. We'd love to have that. Also, if you notice those um, two cards again on your seat, please fill those out if you can. We're just trying to make sure we're all organized and ready when we get into the new building, which won't be long. And and don't forget that app. Download that app when you get out of this room and uh, use that thing. It's a lot of fun to play around with and have on your phone. Well, listen, small groups start this coming up uh, this week. Is that right, Mr. Robbie? Yes, sir. You got it. Are you all tangled up, brother? I'm a little tangled up, but I'm going to get straight here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie is our small group coordinator. Give it a hand for Mr. Robbie. Robbie Davis. Yes, sir. And so every spring, every fall, we have, uh, we have about 12 weeks of small groups, and um, this is our spring rollout for our small groups coming up. That's right. And uh, we've got a, quite a few signed up and already a lot of groups there as well. You want to run it through for us? Yes, sir. We'll go through some of them. Actually, so this is probably, I think, the longest list of small groups we've had yet. Wow. It's really exciting. Uh, and we do really have something for everybody, a lot of good stuff. Um, so it's a great time uh, to get involved, be a part of small groups, be a part of Summit uh, on a more intimate level. So um, let's go through some of these, and I'm going to be fairly quick on some of these. But um, we've got Grief Share for those who have loved ones who have passed. So it's an awesome opportunity just to uh, grow together and be strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. Um, that's an ongoing course that uh, has, has been very fruitful and effective. Um, the God I Never Knew. Uh, by Robert Morris. If you guys know Robert Morris, he's an excellent teacher. The God I Never Knew is uh, based it's about the Holy Spirit, and it's one of the most clear and uh, relevant teachings on the Holy Spirit. Um, very, very good. We got Better Together, which is our women's fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's been going on for a long time. That's a, that's a huge group of women, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Mm-hmm. They've had trouble finding places to meet, <laughs> so many of them. So it's, that's a great one to be a part of. Um, of course, all of our Crossing the Freedom groups uh, Crossing to Freedom is something that's really uh, a ministry, more of a ministry connected with this church that we want everyone to go through at some point. So yeah. our encouragement to you, if you have not gone through Crossing to Freedom yet, um, please consider doing that. It's, uh, it's dealing with, you know, we get saved, and then what's next? Right. And a lot of times I know that I've known people that get saved and then they, they come to church for a long time, but they still have, anybody still have some junk, mm-hmm. you know, that, that just because you got saved, it didn't just automatically go away. And that's what crossing the freedoms about is it's really digging in and getting free from some of that stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, cliffhangers. Cliffhangers is a great group uh, ongoing as well. They have food there. A lot Lots of people of like that. I think that's the most important I, thing. I know the food groups, you know. 
Right, right. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I don't I don't think anything else matters. Yeah, no, but well, there's food and it's yeah, good, so yeah. go go for that. That's also a really really large group, so yeah, it does yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the men's coffee. That's a group that's been going on for a long time. Uh, I've had the privilege of being able to join in on that group. It's a, a great group of guys. Yeah, um, men's group, which uh, I think you're a part of that. That's every um, Monday right. at, uh, at No Limit Construction, right? right? Mm-hmm. Great men's uh, small group there. We've got um, prayer group ministry, which is uh, a, just prayer and, uh, re- for revival and awakening in our community. Of course, it's one of the foundational things. I mean, if we can't get that right, right. everything else builds on that. So extremely important uh, ministry there. Also intercessory prayer, which is very similar. It just happens at a different time, a different place. Um, we've got a young adults ministry. So uh, for, for all of you uh, young people out there, young adults, or if you, if you think you qualify for, uh, as a young adult, um, that's an awesome opportunity for you to get involved. They have food there, too. Yeah. You, know, you, know all, you, ha- you seem to know all the groups that have food. I do. I do. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing you've been to these, these specific groups. Well, I'm just aware. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Right. Uh, we've got pickleball. So we've got some cool things this, this time uh, active to get people active yeah, and doing right. some stuff. The weather, I think, is hopefully yeah. about to start getting a little nicer. Yeah, so, they, um, they just have pickles there. But, that is, that's but somehow, some, somehow they're active well, they are with active. the pickles. So. In fact, the, the leader of that group <laughs> is like um, the, the, the pickleball coordinator of all of this area, this region. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty awesome group. I'm pretty curious. Like, raise your hand if you actually know what pickleball is. A few people. Look at that. See, you, you might need to kind of tell them. A little well, that's bit another day. Okay. But it's a great. It's like it's like tennis meets um, badminton. Uh, okay. uh, tennis meets ping pong. Tennis okay. meets ping pong. Okay. It's great. It's great. All right, we got a young. So another uh, group for young adults, young married. So if you're uh, a young married couple in here. Man, I, I highly advise you to consider being a part of this group. Um, I can tell you there's nothing better that you can invest in in your life than your marriage. And no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, no matter how awesome your marriage may be at this moment, it's something you should invest in. And, and uh, a young married group there with some great curriculum. Uh, we've got Go Girls, which is a <laughs> which we have a very strong advocate for over there. <laughs> Go Girls Community Outreach, and I'm gonna tell you this lady, she serves. So I'm just gonna be honest with you. If you, if unless you want to work, Go Girls ain't for you. But if you love serving and ma- meeting needs and making a difference, this mm. lady over here, she's doing that in mm. the community. Mm. She does that for all of our church functions. Mm. It's just fantastic. Amazing food, um, amazing servants' hearts. It's an awesome thing to be a part of. Um, having a Mary Hart and a Martha World is a great um, uh, Bible study group. Uh, I think that's women, from what I understand. I believe that's a women's group. I think we got a good group of women in here, sounds like, for that. Um, uh, financial Peace. So a very good group for, I think, just for the times we're living in. Probably all of us need a little bit of peace. Financial <laughs> is a big part of that, I think. Um, it just helps you get free. It helps you figure out how to budget, right? How mm-hmm. to handle your credit card debt, get rid of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an, a fantastic tool uh, for your finances. Then we have a Words of Life Bible Study, which is another great Bible study group. Um, we have Authentic Manhood. That's a big one. All of our men, if you, were, if you were at the meeting for Authentic Manhood this last week, raise your hand in here. 
we had free steak night. Free the steak free steak night. night. Free, free steak, steak night. How many we got in here? Good. Come on, we had about 80 guys there that night. Yeah, Ladies, y'all hear that? About 80 men that are ready to step up and be the, the men, the spiritual leaders of their households and their families, be the best uh, husbands they can be, the best fathers they can be. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. That's going to be a powerful men's ministry there. The crossing of freedom and that, that authentic manhood will start at the end of January, uh, end of February, not this week, like everything else. That's right. And yes, and that's important. Guys, I know at the steak dinner we had given you all a date. It's actually going to be pushed back a week later, um, starting um, for the authentic manhood two weeks later. What is the date? What, are, what is the official date start on that? 25th. 25th, okay? Um, that's just due to the ongoing construction at the church there. So a little adjustments as we go. Um, another group uh, that's great for getting active, basketball. If you, if you love basketball, you want to shoot some basketball, there's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, Dennis uh, Rush is going to be leading that up at the Orange Beach Rec Center. Volleyball. Now, that one's kind of waiting a little bit on the weather. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the weather's right, going to have a great volleyball group going. Uh, encourage anybody that wants to get out and get active. We're going to be exercise. the most fittest church in all of the South. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. It is. It's awesome. I need to get in on all of those. <laughs> All right, and then we've got a single ladies group, all the single ladies. Um, so if you're a single lady in here and you're just looking for fellowship, listen, all the single ladies, okay? <laughs> no single guys can go. No just single guys. Just single ladies. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I figured out that s singles groups aren't that, they don't work that great <laughs> because they become like dating. They become <laughs> so, young married groups. But single yeah. ladies groups is okay. I think we, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. But yeah, that's true. If you want to grow yeah. your young married group, that's right. then your, your singles group would, be, right. that's would right. be great for that. Uh, then we have uh, Embrace, which is another uh, fantastic group that's it's really kind of connected uh, uh, in, in similarity with Grief Share. But this is specifically for mothers who've lost children due to abortion, uh, miscarriage, or death. And we all know that's a tremendous thing to have to carry, but you don't have to carry it alone. There's a fantastic uh, place here where you can plug in, where you can grow, be encouraged, and, and see uh, the plan that God has in all of it and in your life. Um, so definitely an awesome opportunity there. Uh, we've got Moms of Summit, which is a, a great group for moms, another, uh, another great uh, curriculum that they're going to be following. Uh, it's called Reading they're going to be reading through Great Parents, Lousy Lover, and that's uh, going to be a really, really good group. If you're a parent, if you're a mom, that'd be great to get a part of. And then um, finally, the end of the list, Girlfriends, which is just, a, they, this is a great group. They're going to be meeting on Messenger. So if you just want something where you can kind of connect, build some relationship, have some relationship, but maybe you're not able to get out or you're trying not to get out as much, that's a good one to look at. That's a great lineup, isn't That's it? That's a lineup right there. Yes, see, sir. Why, and really quickly, Reader's Digest version, why do we have small groups? What's the, what's the purpose of it? Well, I think that we have probably in this past year seen more than ever the purpose and the necessity for having small groups. Mm -hmm. Things happen in life. I mean, difficulties, storms mm -hmm. come, uh, and we go through things, and we need people. Yeah. And God actually designed it that way. You know, when God, when God created everything, he said everything was good. Then he created Adam, and he said it's not good for him to be alone. Mm -hmm. So he actually designed people for intimacy and for fellowship. And it's hard to do that, you know, I think, in just, just coming on a Sunday morning, which is great. 
But you're not going to have those kind of connections that you're going to have in those small groups that when things fall apart, when COVID hits, when you can't come to church on a Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. that you've got people that are going to follow up with you Mm -hmm. and be a part of your life and Mm -hmm. you can grow and and, and be encouraged together. Mm -hmm. So So we can say that you can't grow really in a relationship with God without other people. That's right. Absolutely. Really can't. That's good. Thank you, Robbie. Yes, sir. Give Robbie a good hand. That's a great job. Appreciate it, brother. So yeah, please check out, then you can go to the website, you can go to our app and sign up on all that, or you can stop at the small group table on your way out, sign up for a group. We appreciate that so much, and that is truly um, a way to grow, and the best way probably to grow. Iron sharpens iron. Well, I don't know if you heard about the little Johnny, he was second grade, and uh, he was in class, the teacher asked one, one day, um, what is your favorite animal? And uh, went around the class, and Johnny raised his hand, and she said, yeah, Johnny, he he said, fried chicken. (laughs) She goes, that's just so wrong. That is so wrong. And she was a, you know, an animal lover, so she sent him to the principal's office, and the principal says, what's going on? He goes, she she asked, what's our, you know, our favorite animal? I said, fried chicken. He goes, well, she probably, you know, she's an animal lover, so, you know, give her a break, but uh, don't, just don't do it again. He goes, well, mom and dad told me to see the truth, tell the truth all the time. He goes, I understand, but, you know, just try to, you know, just respect, you know, she loves animals. He goes, all right. So he goes back to class. The next day, the teacher asks the question, what is your favorite live animal? And uh, so went around and he raised his hand, a chicken. Why do you like chicken? Because you can kill it and make fried chicken. <laughs> so, so he ended back at the principal's office. He said, what's going on? He told the story. The principal laughed. said, well, try not to do that again. But, you know, so the next day the, the teacher asked, what famous person do you admire the most? And got to Johnny, he said, Colonel Sanders, Colonel Sanders. That's, that's my favorite. Oh, my well, we're in a little series, a little mini-series called Turf Wars, and we really have been talking recently about, you know, the fact that there is a spiritual war going on. And it all really kind of started 6,000 years ago in a garden with a guy named Adam, and Adam ate from a tree, and he wasn't supposed to, and, and in came sin entering into the world, and the territory, now the earth really, you know, became... Satan's playground, and that went on for about 4,000 years, and, 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 and then there was a new guy that showed up in, in town, and, and there was a new gang that showed up, you know, if you would, and a new gang leader that was not like anybody they'd ever seen, that's for sure, in the form of Jesus Christ, and, 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 and Jesus began to change the game. Now, before that, you know, when Adam fell into sin, and, and the enemy came in, the world didn't immediately go to black and white. It didn't immediately fall apart. But God said, I'm just going to let it, them run the course and see what happens here. And it didn't take very long for mankind to be in a big mess. In fact, Scripture records in the early books of Genesis that man did everything that was wicked in their own imagination. And it was so bad that, that God just literally had to start over with Noah and the flood. And meanwhile, looking for that opportunity to get Jesus, the answer, the redeemer to the earth, to change the, to change the game. And so Jesus comes to the earth and shows up and, and, and prophetically fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy, which said in the book of Romans, actually is the 
writing, it says, again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up. The root of Jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations, and in him the Gentiles will hope. It's amazing that Jesus was referred to as a, as a person coming out of a root. A root is something, you, right, you cut down and you walk away and go, well, that's over with, you'll never see that again. And yet it is amazing how God takes something that looks like it's hopeless and has no life and causes something to come out of it. Out of a root comes hope. Isn't that, isn't that good news for us this, this morning? Out of, out, of a, out of a dead situation can come hope. Can you give God some praise this morning for that? And so the first Jesus comes along and he begins to become the second Adam. The first Adam disobeyed at a tree, but the second Adam obeyed on a tree. And Jesus began at that process as in his life, in his ministry, to deal with the curse that was upon the world, upon mankind. In fact, I like to say it like this, he began to reverse the curse. Turn your neighbor and tell him he reversed the curse. Thank you, Jesus. And things began to turn around. And he began to introduce to the world that there was another life and another way. And it was a powerful kingdom he began to talk about. In fact, he told his followers, his disciples, he said, I, I want you, I, when I leave this earth, when I, when I go to be with the Father, I want you to understand that, that there's going to be now uh, something else that's going to take my place. And 10 days later, the Holy Spirit uh, came in the upper room in Jerusalem and fell upon the people and thus began the church, began the body of Christ being birthed into the earth and thus began a turf war, come on, uh, between the enemy of darkness and the, and the church uh, of the light and of Christ. And, and so we, we, I want you today to just, for the few minutes that we have left this morning, I want you to lean in. I want you to listen. I want you to listen maybe with fresh ears. I want you to listen with your eyes as well as your ears. Because I believe today that if we can grasp the concept of what we're talking about, it can literally change it can change your attitude. It can change your um, approach to life. It can, it can literally alter everything that you, um, that you do in, in your life. So, so I, wanted, I wanted to talk about this spiritual turf war because when the church walks in the reality, get this, when it walks in the reality of a present day kingdom of heaven, things begin to change. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, when Jesus taught us to pray, what did he say? He says, pray like this, thy, the, thy kingdom come on earth. Come on. It was not a prayer for us to go to heaven. It was a prayer for us to bring heaven. Hello? That's what he says. I, I, I want you to pray that heaven comes. It's not my responsibility to get to heaven. It's my responsibility to bring heaven down here. My, my res that's Jesus' responsibility to get me to heaven. It's my responsibility to get heaven here. But unfortunately, yeah, okay. Unfortunately, though, we live in a, in a world where the church predominantly has preached uh, this aspect of just hold on, baby, because we're going to get to heaven, and, 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 and it's going to be all good when we get to heaven. And what's so ironic about that to me is uh, I've seen it over and over. Everybody says with their mouth, I want to go to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. And when the doctor says, you're about to go to heaven, they'll spend their last dime to keep from going there. <laughs> How many of you found that to be true? 
I wonder if we really do want to go to heaven. I wonder if maybe there's something down deep inside of us that says, well, I wonder if I can experience heaven even now. Hello. In fact, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, an, an angel comes to John and says, I want to show you a little bit about this bride, this church. And he says this, and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great and high mountain, and shows me this holy city, this, this Jerusalem, which is the, always the type of the church. He shows me the church coming down out of heaven from God. That's what John was seeing in the book of Revelation. He, he's, seeing, he's seeing heaven literally coming down in the form of the church and, and occupying the earth to, to a degree. So what is heaven? Well, heaven is nothing more than the presence of God. You take the presence of God out of heaven and you don't have a heaven. You got a hell. So what, what heaven is, is anywhere there's the presence of God, you have heaven. And God, what God is trying to communicate is, listen, I, I don't want you to die and come up here to enjoy my presence. I want you to get into my presence and bring my presence here. Yeah. Man, it's, it's living. Kingdom, living, understanding this kingdom. When he says, thy, thy kingdom come, it's understanding that I literally can enjoy and walk in the presence of God in this earth today. So I want to give you a few characteristics of some kingdom people this morning. A few characteristics of kingdom people. Number one, kingdom people have a complete access to all that's in heaven now. Let me just say that one more time. You have daddy's credit card. And there's a no limit on that credit card. You have full access to all the father's resources in heaven. Look at this Isaiah 64 verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That the mountains would, would that the mountain that the mountains would uh, tremble in the earth. That the mountains would tremble before you. What is a mountain? A mountain is places of influence. Uh, in the Old Testament, whoever ruled the mountain ruled the world. Ruled what happened. Ruled what happened down in the valleys. They would put their high places, the, their, their gods, they would put them in high places up in the mountains. So whoever was on the mountain tops ruled basically the, the, the country. And what the Lord is trying to say is, I, I'm going to rend the heavens and, and I'm going to cause whatever's ruling on the mountain tops to tremble. I'm going to cause it to fall apart. Now, if you will, uh, Lauren Cunningham years ago, who started uh, Youth of the Mission and Bill Bright, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, they, they put together what, a list of seven mountains that they believe our culture lives under. I will list those to you. One would be government, the mountain of government, the mountain of religion, the mountain of the family unit, the mountain of media, the mountain of arts and entertainment, and the mountain of business. All of our culture finds its place under one of those mountains, all of those mountains. And whatever is speaking from that mountaintop is determining what's happening in the valley below. And what the Lord is wanting to say to us is that he 
is he, he said, I'm going to rend the heavens and I'm going to cause the mountains to begin to tremble before you, before you. Not in the sweet bye-bye. I'm going to cause this to happen before you. Now, when Jesus came up out of the water, what do you think began to happen? The Bible says that the heavens opened up. If you would, that the heavens were writ and, the, and God himself came and spoke over this young man and said to everyone listening, this is my son, listen to him, I'm well pleased with him. And for the first time in the history of the world, people got a glimpse of what it looked like for a person to walk under an open heaven. They'd never seen this before. No one had ever walked under an open heaven as far as they knew. But this man seemed to have this clear communication between him and God. And it's so clear that he said, I won't even do anything unless I see the Father do. I won't say anything unless I hear the Father say. He was, he was walking lockstep with God, his Father. And then here's the kicker. Here's the beautiful thing. Listen to me. When he was on the cross... He gave these three credible words. It is finished. And when he said it is finished, the, 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 the curtain that was keeping man from going into experiencing the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant, the only the priest could go once a year, it was rent from top to bottom, not bottom to top like a man could do, but only God could do it from top to bottom. And the earth began to shake, come on, and the mountains began to tremble. Oh, come on. And here's what God was saying. I'm rending the heavens uh, and I'm making the mountains tremble. And now what this man had, you can have. Everybody can have. You're living and walking under an open heaven. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. We're walking under an open heaven. Oh my gosh, it blows my mind. And the only reason we don't experience it to this fullness is because we don't own, we don't understand it, we don't believe it, and we don't even know it. The same God in that relationship he had with his son Jesus and speaking that way and that clearly and Jesus walking in that, that fashion, you and I can and have the opportunity to do the same. We walk under an open heaven. There is nothing separating us from heaven. It is all ours. We have full access now. I don't have to wait till I die to get that. I can get that now. My Lord. That blows your mind. Number two, kingdom people. They understand the, the deeper purpose. They understand the deeper purpose of redemption. What do I mean by that? Well, the word redemption means to buy back, right? You redeem something. You're buying it back. And Jesus was the redeemer, a great redeemer. He bought back our salvation, our life, our, our op opportunity to know God. But get this, in Revelation 5.10, and it says, and he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall, where? What? And we, we, we? I thought we were nobodies. I thought we were just, you know, insignificant. I thought 
the world was ever, was more powerful than, than I thought. The culture of this world was more powerful than us. What is this talking about? I, I'm a king and I'm a priest. Well, let's, let's talk about a king. What's a king? A king is a person who has authority over others. But what God's trying to communicate to the church is, I'm giving you a king authority, but not so you can rule over other people. But get this, so you can now serve other people into their purpose and into their calling. I'm giving you an authority of a king that you can come under, not, not to be over and to tell everybody what you're going to do, but you can live a life where you have such authority of a king that you know who you are. You're not trying to impress nobody. You're not trying to make a name for yourself. You're just a humble person, but you know you have authority, and you come under people, and you begin to lift them up uh, into their purpose. Uh, you lift them up into their calling. You encourage them. You love them. You cherish them. You bless them. You help them. Come on. That is the authority of a king and a priest in the earth. <laughs> Matthew 20, 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was the great king. He's the king of kings. And he didn't come to lord his authority. He came to lift us up. And we have that same authority. Isn't that encouraging? I mean, where, where you go and whoever you're talking to, you can, you can be that agent, that kingdom agent where you lift them up into their purpose and their calling. Mm. Number three, kingdom people, they long to represent Jesus in the earth. Oh, did I say represent? Maybe it's represent. Isn't that what represent means? that you re-present Jesus. You, when people come into your sphere, what they should walk away with was this thought, I don't know what that was all about, but it seemed like I was like with Jesus or something. Hello? See, y'all look at me like, no, that can never happen. No, I'm telling you, this is what God's called you to do. He's called me to do, to, to represent Jesus into the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.10, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us that we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. An ambassador, we understand, is the delegate of, or a representative of a government. You are an ambassador, you are a representative of a kingdom government. And wherever you go, you carry that, the weight of that kingdom with you. This never became more clear to me than one day when I was living in Baltimore and I was on staff of a pretty large church and the church was making some significant inroads into the city of Baltimore, especially the inner city. And we had come up with this plan to adopt a block every month, a new block every month in the inner city. And then we would go down, we would first of all go to the police um, department, we would ask them what is the worst crime-ridden block uh, in the city today or at this moment. And they would point on the map, this block right here. And for us, you know, it was the only way we would take that block and we would go and we'd try to find a row home in that place that was dilapidated, which usually was no problem. And we would we'd work with the city and we would buy that little row home and then we would remodel it and fix it up. And then we send a, uh, a family 
or a couple down from our church in to live free into this row home. And from there, we would start small groups and begin ministry. And we would begin to change the culture of the worst block of the city. And we did it effectively. It was incredible work. And so we were on the early stages of this, uh, this ministry attempt. And it was just starting the early stages of working with city council on this project. And the pastor um, came to me one day, he said, listen, I, I've got a city council meeting about adopt a block and I can't make it, so I need you to go for me. I said, okay. And he pulled me aside, he goes, just let me make it clear what this really means. I said, okay. He says, when you go to the city council meeting, you need to understand that you are going as me. Now, he was a very aggressive leader. Let me just say that. And he spoke very loudly and aggressively and boldly. I was more the mold, you know, quieter, you know, milder, you know, kind of not quite on his level. He was an a-personality kind of guy, and he let me know that when you go to this meeting, for me, you're going to go with an a-personality. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have that personality. I can't do this. But I have to because he's my boss, and he's my pastor. And, and he goes, so, so he says, here's the deal, JP. When you go into that meeting... I want you to be thinking how I think and I want you to talk as I talk and I want you to go into that meeting and I want you to take control of that meeting. I said, Is this, did you say city council? He said, yes, I said city council. I, I said, and in my mind, I didn't say this to him. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm, not, I'm a nobody. But, but he, he got me all ramped up, man. And I, I felt, man, I had to. I mean, I had no choice. And I went to that city council meeting and I, I acted like he did. And I talked as he did. And, I, and, and, and believe it or not, we moved things down the road. We, we, got, things, we got things moving down the field a little bit. And, and, and I walked out there feeling like, whoa, what was that all about? Man, I, I, they listened to me. I said something. They, they listened. They actually did. I, what, hap what happened was I went with the authority of the, my, my boss and I went with such authority and I said what he told me to say that things happen. I'm telling you when you walk as a child of the king, you walk with authority and an anointing and you may not think your words mean nothing but they mean a lot. And God goes before you and he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Why? Because his anointing of a kingdom is upon you. He said, if you're going to pray, pray my kingdom come on the earth. It's more than just praying. It's also saying. It's also believing. It's also living it. It's a believer as a person knowing that you are on this earth for a reason. You are large and you're in charge. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm saying right there. You're large and you're in charge. Number four. A kingdom person understands that they're equipped to be carriers of the kingdom. You're carriers of this kingdom, similar to three, but a little different. That we're under this mandate. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, wherever you go, proclaim this message that the kingdom of heaven has come near you. Think about that. Just... Just ponder that. that. Wherever you go, you proclaim the kingdom of heaven is now here because I'm here and Christ lives in me. 
That's an amazing thought, isn't it? You're carriers of the kingdom. You have this incredible authority. Matthew 28, verse 18, then Jesus came and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he turns around with this statement of all this authority that he has. And the obvious implication is, okay, buddy, I'm giving it to you. Here's the, uh, he, he, put, he goes, he, all the money in the world is mine. Now I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's given us this mandate that we have his same authority to go into the world and preach and proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come. I was in Bible college and I rented a room from this elderly lady in our church. And she was a saintly woman. I mean, if there's ever a, a woman that should be a saint, it should be this woman. Her name was, I called her Sister Yokish. That was her last name, Yokish, Sister Yokish. I always called her Sister Yokish. It was Ginny Yokish, Yokish, but I always said Sister Yokish. I just had so much respect for her. And she was up early in the morning, every morning, reading her Bible, studying. She had led a small group at the church. She was an incredible woman. Prayed, always worshiping the Lord. Small in frame and stature, but powerful in the spirit. And Ms. Shokis told me a story when she was younger, how she had gone to a family that was very wealthy in the city to be their nanny, uh, in a sense, take care, uh, not of the children, but more of their mother. It was a wealthy man in the city, a millionaire, in fact, whose mother was up in age, and he needed some caretakers. Uh, so he hired Miss Yokish, Jenny Yokish, and, and she went and she worked for and cleaned the house and took care of this lady. But as the more she went, the more this lady disdained her. <laughs> In fact, start cursing her and being mean to her and throwing fits of rage at her. Not to any of the other caretakers, just to her. It got so bad that, that finally the, 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 the son came to her and said, listen, it's not working out. I don't know what it is about you and my mom, but it's just not working out. And we're going to probably have to let you go. And Ms. Joki said, well, you know, sir, it's not me. It's a spiritual thing here. He goes, what are you talking about? He was a Jewish man. She said, the kingdom of darkness is meeting the kingdom of light. And this is what happens. And so the answer really is for you and your mother, for that matter, to give their heart to Jesus and to ask him to come into your life. And I promise you everything will change. There's a war going on. He goes, well, I don't know about all that, but um, you're just going to have to go. And so she said, all right. She packed her stuff up, and her mother was there in that room. I mean, his mother was in the room. And she started hissing at 
her like a cat. In fact, he, he followed Miss Yokish out. She followed him out. And she's standing behind her son. Miss Yokish is now on the porch. And she's going behind his back going... Miss Yokish is standing there with her purse and her Bible. And she says, sweetheart, today the kingdom of God has come nigh thy dwelling. I pray for your soul. And she walked out and that lady was dead in two weeks. You are carriers of the kingdom of God. Sometimes bizarre things happen as a result. It's because it's the power of the kingdom at work inside of you. And you don't even realize. Let me just read a couple of scriptures just to kind of hit the punchline home and then we'll leave. And in fact, worship team, you can come if you don't mind. 1 Corinthians 15, 25, he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. Wow. The Lord says to my Lord, Psalms 110 verse 1, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Guess what? The Lord is waiting for the body of Christ to rise up until the world, the earth, until this region, until the environment that you're in becomes literally a footstool for God to rest his, his feet. And he's using you to do it. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What if we approach life, what if we approach life with this thought that the church really was going to win versus the church was just going to lose and just keep losing? Oh, let me just say that one more time. What if we approach life as if the church really was going to win and the, the, and the, and the world was going to lose? We have preached for so long that we have in this world a big devil and a little God and a weak little church and it's time to flip the table and begin to preach about a big God, a little devil, and a powerful church. See, we, we look too much with our eyes and we go, man, this is, it's just, the world's big, the problems are getting bigger, they're getting bigger, and oh my gosh, it's just insane, everyone's losing their mind, and, and, we, and we just begin to look at things, it's just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Let me just tell you, there are parts of the world right now where they, can, they don't say that, it's getting better and better and better. You can go to Africa where they're having evangelistic revival across the nation. You go to Central and South America, and God's moving in a powerful way. You go to Asia, Places like Iraq and Iran, where literally the church is growing by leaps and bounds, even though it's against the law. I'm telling you, you don't have to look at things as getting worse and worse just because you're looking through American goggles. You need to look at a big picture. And in the big picture of things, things aren't always as bad as you think they are. <laughs> David, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Goliath comes out into the field and all the Israelites 
the, 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 say it like this, all the church is like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. This guy is big. This is like, no, nobody can overcome this. This guy is a behemoth. He is, oh my God, we're going to lose. Everything's going to go down the tubes. It's, a, it's going down. That's the way they look. The entire nation looked at this situation as this is just too big. But there was a little boy from a shepherd's field who came around and he looked at that Goliath and he goes, my goodness, that guy's so big I can't miss. I can't miss. I got a clear shot. We look at things from a losing perspective and we're the church. We're the hope of the world. Christ in us. We're the ambassadors. We're going to be going around preaching good news, proclaiming the kingdom of God is here, that there's hope for you, that you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to feel like it's the end of the world. Come on, God's big. God's in control. That's what we should be preaching, but we've fallen into the trap of just becoming numb and negative like the whole world. It's time for the church to rise up and say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's time for us to rise and see our greatest opportunity is before us. We were made for this moment. We were made for this hour. We were made for this time. We're not without hope. You can stay on your feet for a second. That's good. It's like the general... Of the, he was a general in the Korean War, and they, they were beating back the Koreans back into North Korea. And then the Chinese got threatened, so they joined in the fight. And they started coming down with forces and droves, and they had this army commander and his troop, they were all surrounded by the Chinese. No matter where they looked, there were Chinese, hundreds of them. They were surrounded. And the, the commander of the troops said, well, guys, here's the good news. No matter where you shoot, you're going to hit somebody. Man, it's, it's, how, it's how you look at the situation. I like what one preacher said. He said this. He said, you know, everywhere Jesus went, he just changed things. I mean, he couldn't even go to a funeral without messing up the funeral. They couldn't even bury people without Jesus showing up and coming back to life. He just, he messed everything up, including his own funeral. Come on, somebody. He messed up his own funeral. I'm talking about a powerful church. Listen, listen, here's where, here's where we're going. Here's where God wants us to be where we are so locked in to the fact that the kingdom of God lives within us, that Christ has given us this mandate to proclaim that heaven is coming here, that no matter who you talk to and whatever the situation, they could have lost their job, they could be depressed, they could be down and out, and you can walk in, you can say, listen, here's the deal. 
God, I have the authority of the kingdom of heaven to lift you up. I'm going I'm to encourage you today. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to bless you with the presence of God today. I'm going to surround you with God's very loving presence. And you're going to, when we walk away from each other, you're going to know that you've been touched and kissed by the kingdom of God because God loves you and God's hand still on you and God has a purpose and a plan for you. That's what we do. That's what we do. So, when Jesus came as a man, when Jesus came as God and began to do all these things, well, that, you know, when God does something, you go, wow, that's really impressive. But Jesus came as a man, not to wow us, but to show us that I can and you can do the same. In fact, John 14, 12, one of my favorite scriptures, he says to his disciples, greater things than these, talking about all the things he's doing, greater things than these shall you do when I go to be with my Father in heaven. Well, listen, listen, I can't do greater things than he's done until I've started doing the things he's done. Uh Uh-uh, and that's where God wants to bring us where we believe in faith for miracles to happen and signs and wonders. That it's not beyond us. That when we hear a doctor's report, we just don't go, oh, well, that's, that's it for you. That we actually believe that God can raise dead, that he can heal blind eyes, that he can cause the lame to walk, that, that the same Jesus that said, I will believe that you will do greater than these things actually is going to happen. That we, the church, can begin to see great miracles in this hour that we live in. I want you to bow your heads for just a second. We're just going to act on that for a second. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor JP, this is amazing news to me. And I believe and I hear what you're saying. I want to be a part of that kingdom. In fact, I want the prayer teams to come, if you would. Just prayer teams, come down, please, quickly. But you're here and you say, Pastor JP, I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. I want to know this Jesus that that, he, that, that that saves me, washes away my sins and my past, puts me on a new road. I, I want to know this Jesus. If that's you this morning, I don't care who you are, what you've done, I want you to know that today the Lord is, longs to come into your life and to change it, and to turn it all around. And it starts with a prayer, just a simple, simple prayer. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor JP, I want to know Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. Would you just raise your hand real high, right where you're at today? Come on. Amen. Just keep that hand up, held high. Amen. Just keep that hand. Anybody else? Come on, anybody? Come on. Others, yes. Yes. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. 